Today's Thursday, June 25th, 2020, and we're reading Black Nose Buddha out of Osho's book, No Water, No Moon. Here's Dion. <laughs> Thank you. Black Nose Buddha. A nun who was searching for enlightenment made a wooden statue of Buddha and covered it with gold leaf. It was very pretty, and she carried it with her wherever she went. Years passed, and still carrying her Buddha, the nun settled down in a small country temple, where there were many statues of Buddha, each having its own shrine. The nun burned incense before her golden Buddha each day. But not liking the idea of her perfume straying to the other statues, she devised a funnel through which the smoke would ascend to her statue only. This blackened the nose of the golden statue and made it especially ugly. Now we should enter this story. It is beautiful. Here's the quote. A nun who was searching for enlightenment made a wooden statue of Buddha and covered it with gold leaf. It was very pretty, and she carried it with her wherever she went. End quote. Many things have to be understood, even word by word. A nun, because this is the heart of the woman, to possess. That's why not a monk, but a nun. And don't think that only women possess. Men also possess, but then they have the heart of the woman, not of the man. Why is woman more possessive than man? Because possession is out of fear. Man is less afraid than woman, that's why. Man is less afraid than woman. Because he is less afraid, he is less possessive. The feminine mind is more afraid. Fear is natural to it. There is always a trembling. Because of that fear, woman is more possessive. Unless she is completely satisfied that she possesses, she is not happy. And when she possesses completely, she cannot be happy because the man is dead. Only in freedom life exists. Hence in the story a nun has been chosen. But remember well, it doesn't make any point if you are a man, any difference. Your mind can still be feminine. There are rarely men. You may be a woman and still have a man's fearless mind. So the distinction is not through sex, it is through attitudes. A man can be a woman, a woman can be a man. The symbol is just to show the attitude. What attitude? If you are a man and still possessive, you have a feminine mind. If you are a woman and not possessive, you have a male mind. It is said that Mahavira insisted that no woman can enter into enlightenment unless she becomes a man. People took it literally and they missed the point. They thought that no woman could enter into enlightenment, so every woman who was striving will have to be born in the next life as a man, and then only she can enter. This is foolishness, but no feminine mind can enter into enlightenment. That is true, because the feminine mind fears means fear and possessiveness, and with fear and possessiveness, no love, no meditation is possible. One woman became enlightened, Jains, the followers of, of Mahavira and followers of the Tirthankaras were much disturbed. What to do? So they changed the name of the woman into the name of a man, and they simply forgot the whole thing. A woman named Malibai became enlightened. What to do about the theory now? So they changed the name. They call Malibai Malinath. They changed the, sa the statue. You will never find a woman's statue. This is Malibai or Malinath. She was such a rare being that they had to concede uh, Tirthankarhud to her. So in 24, Tirthankaras, one is a woman, but you will never find her because the name is given, that is given is Malinath.
so one feels no woman has attained enlightenment. But it is true in a different, deeper sense. No feminine mind can enter, because fear cannot enter it. Possessiveness cannot enter. Gosh, I feel like he talked around about that, like, a lot. Yeah. That was not the best. I mean, for me, I don't know. Yeah, it's, this is one of those where you just have to, yeah. Just move on. (laughs) I think so. The next part. A nun who was searching for enlightenment made a wooden statue of Buddha. And it is very difficult for a mind, which is feminine, man or woman. But the mind, if it is feminine, will create a statue. You will create the other. You cannot be alone. A statue means the other has been created. There is no one, but you cannot be satisfied with nothingness. Something has to be there to cling. Hence, so many temples and so many statues... They are created out of the feminine mind. That's why you will not find many men in temples wherever you go. Many women will be there. And if some men have come, those are henpecked husbands. They have come with their wives. They have not come directly. Just after the wife, they had to come. When Mahavira preached, 40,000 people took sannyas from him. 30,000 were women, only 10,000 men. What is the matter? And this is the ratio. This is the ratio with me also. If four persons come, three women, one man. And the man comes with difficulty and goes very easily. And the woman comes very easily and is very difficult for her to go. She clings. It is very difficult for her to go. But feminine mind can create difficulties, barriers. If you start becoming possessive, then you miss. You have to remember, the fear has to be left. Only then love arises. The fear has to be dropped, because the fear is of the ego, and if fear exists, the ego will persist. Then you can create a statue and cling to the statue. This statue is not going to lead you to the ultimate, because this is a creation by you. You may cover it with gold leaf. It may look pretty, but it is a dead thing. You may make a golden statue, but it is, but it is not going to help. It is a dead thing. Quote, it was very pretty, and she carried it with her wherever she went. End quote. It became a burden. It has to be carried, protected. She couldn't sleep well because somebody may steal it. She could not go without it because somebody else may possess it. It may have been taken from her. Her whole mind became possessive around it. The statue became the center, the center of her possessiveness, fear, worship. But this is not love. Quote, years passed. And still carrying her Buddha, the nun settled down into a small country temple where there were many statues of Buddha, each having its own shrine. Years passed, nothing happened. Carrying a Buddha, nothing can happen, because how can you carry a Buddha? You can carry only a statue. Buddha has to be lived, not carried. Buddha has to be loved, not possessed. You have to dissolve yourself in the Buddha, not carry him as your possession. Buddha is alive if you dissolve into him, but then Buddha is dangerous because you will never come back. It is a point from where no one can come back. Once you have fallen, you have fallen into it. There is no returning. There is fear and trembling. You are afraid you may be lost, and your fear is true. You are going to be lost. But with a statue, there is no fear. You can carry it. The statue can be lost someday, but you will not be lost. You can create another, even a prettier one. There is no difficulty. It is your creation. 
Go to the temples. What has man done? Created statues, his own creations. Now he is bowing down before them, weeping and crying. And the whole thing is false, because the base is false. Your tears, your prayers, to whom you are addressing them. Before whom are you weeping and crying? Your own creations, your own toys, howsoever beautifully and costly, it makes no difference. But you are the creators of your gods. You, sorry, and before them you cry and weep, and you think something is going to happen. You are acting simply stupidly. Temples are filled with stupid people. They are not aware of what they are doing, bowing down before their own creations. Now how this can help you. She carried many years past, many lives, many have passed, and still carrying her Buddha, she was nowhere, just wandering from one place to another, from one life to another, from one mood to another, from one mind to another, but just wandering, reaching nowhere. Then she got fed up with the journey. The goal seems nowhere to be achieved. The goal seems nowhere to be coming closer. Quote, so she settled down in a small country temple where there were many statues of Buddha, each having its own shrine. End quote. But there were many statues of the Buddha. In China and Japan, they have created very big temples of Buddha. In China, there is one temple with 10,000 Buddhas, 10,000 shrines in one temple. 10,000 statues, but even 10,000 statues are of no help. One Buddha is enough. 10,000 statues are not enough. Why mind goes on working nonsense? One statue is not doing it, so create two. This is the arithmetic. Two are not doing it, so create three. Ten thousand statues. One man wandering amongst ten thousand statues and nothing is happening. Nothing is going to happen because never out of a dead thing life arises. Never out of a dead statue a man is transformed. Seek a living Buddha. And if you cannot find a living Buddha, close your eyes and seek there. If you cannot find him without, you will find him within, because Buddhas are never dead. They are there, just to be sought. They are always there. They, they may be just by the corner of your house, but you have never looked. Or you are so acquainted with the neighbor, with the corner, that you feel you know. Nobody knows. You may meet the Buddha in a beggar. Just remain with eyes open. If you are carrying a statue, your eyes are closed. This woman may have missed many Buddhas because of this statue, because she thinks she possesses. She has already got the Buddha, so what need is there to look? Then she settled in a temple. People who live with statues always will settle in a temple. People who live with statues cannot reach to the ultimate goal. They have to settle somewhere on the way, by the side of the way, a shrine, a temple. Many people have settled in temples. They wandered and they searched and they found that nothing can be found. It is impossible. Not because the goal is very far away. The goal is very near, nearer than you can conceive. But because they are carrying statues. Those statues have become their blindness. Their eyes are closed with their statues. Their hearts are burdened with their statues, words, scriptures, dead things. I have heard... Once it happened in ancient days, a king, a very scholarly man, wanted to marry a girl, but no ordinary girl will do. He wanted a perfect woman, astrologically perfect, so he consulted many astrologers. It was very difficult. Many years passed. His youth was almost gone. He was no more young, 
because these astrologers are difficult people and mathematics takes time. And then one woman would be found and one attribute would still be lacking, not exactly perfect. Really, you cannot find anyone perfect. It is impossible because perfection always means death. If someone is alive, it means imperfect. That's why we say that whenever one is perfect, he is born no more. Because how can you be, be born if you are perfect? Then you have passed through this world. You have gained, grown, and cannot be allowed back. Then the king said to his advisors, It is enough. If not perfect, then approximately perfect will do. But my youth is passing. I am almost thirty-eight. Now find a woman. So a woman was found, not exactly one hundred percent, but ninety-nine. Then the search started for the right time when this king should make love to this woman, because he wanted a rare, extraordinary child. It was very, very difficult. Many scriptures were consulted, I Ching and others. Many wise men were called from faraway countries, and they consulted, and they discussed, and the king was almost forty-four. Then one day he got fed up, and he turned them out. He burned all the scriptures and told his wife that enough is enough. Now we must make love. They had not made love up to now, but the woman was as old. He was also old, and with love there is, there is a problem. If you start making love early, you can go on making love to the very end of your life. If you don't start early, you cannot make love later on, because lovemaking is a mechanical thing. The mechanism needs efficiency, so if a man starts making love when he is fourteen, he may go on making love up to eighty. And don't think that if you make too much love in your age, then in your old age you will not be able to. You are absolutely wrong. If you make too much, only then will you be able. And you cannot make too much love, remember that, because the body won't allow. Too much is impossible. There is a thermostat in your body. Too much is not possible. Whatsoever you do, it is always within the limit. But by this time the king had become impotent. He couldn't make love. The wife was frigid. They had missed the right moment. The child was never born to them. Then they had to adopt a child. This is what is happening. You have to adopt a Buddha. You have to adopt a God. It is not born to you. And God must be born to you. Otherwise, it is a false God. But you have been missing because you are so much occupied with scriptures, wise men, astrology, and all sorts of nonsense. You are so much obsessed with words, statues, temples, rituals, formalities, that by the time formalities are fulfilled, life has gone. By the time you conclude logically, life is no more there to do it. This woman finally settled in a temple, and I tell you, never settle in a temple, because a temple can only be a night's shelter. It cannot be a permanent settlement. Never settle in a temple, never settle in a sect, never settle with the Vatican or Puri Shankaracharya, never settle with a sectarian mind. You can have rest, that's okay. Stay there for a night, and by the morning, before they catch hold of you, move. Go on moving, unless you reach the ultimate. Only that is the temple, but there you will not find any statues. There you will find the real, not the statue, not the portrait, but the real. Don't settle with the portrait. Don't settle with the false. Don't settle with the carbon copy. Search the original, the very source. The woman settled. She had to settle. When you carry a wooden Buddha, how can you reach enlightenment? If wooden Buddhas can give you enlightenment, then there will be no problem. A wooden Buddha is a wooden Buddha. You can carry, you can play with it.
quote, the nun burned incense before her golden Buddha each day, end quote. The Buddha was wooden, just covered with gold, but she used to call it her Buddha. Oh, but she used to call her Buddha Golden Buddha. The gold was just skim, skin deep. Deep down, there was just a wooden Buddha, nothing else. But you can hide things, and through gold, you can hide anything. When there is not love, and there is much gold around the wife, a wooden Buddha under the golden leaf, and you think everything is okay. And the wife also thinks everything is okay, because the husband, every time comes, brings more and more ornaments. When love is dead, ornaments become very much alive. When there is love, there is no need for ornaments. You never cover a real Buddha with gold, do you? The Buddha won't allow you. He will simply escape. He will say, wait, what are you doing? You will kill me. Gold kills. Life can never be covered with gold. Only death. Only death will allow you to do something. Life won't allow you such nonsense. But she called her wooden Buddha, Golden Buddha. Quote, the nun burned incense before her golden Buddha each day, but not liking the idea of her perfume straying to the other statues, she devised a funnel through which the smoke would ascend to her statue only. End quote. This is the mind of a, of a possessive person. Not even the perfume, the incense, the smoke is allowed to reach to other Buddhas. And others are also Buddhas. But my Buddha is something else. Your Buddha is nothing. In the temple, all others were Buddhas. It was not that somebody was a Krishna or somebody was a Ram. Then the difference would have been too much. She would not have stayed in that temple, but it was a Buddhist temple so she could stay. This was her statue and those were not hers. When there is really love, it doesn't bother to whom it reaches. When there is love, you love your beloved person, but you cannot devise a funnel so that your love reaches only to your beloved. Love is such a phenomenon that when it happens, it goes on beyond your beloved, always goes on and on and on. It spreads to everyone. It is just like a ripple on the lake. If you throw a stone on the lake, a ripple arises and then it goes on spreading and spreading to the very end. If you love a person, it is not linear, it is circular. A wave is created. When you love a person, you are throwing a stone in the lake of love. Now everybody will be benef benefited not only the person you love. If only the person you love you try to benefit, you will do simply the thing this nun did. It is not possible. When there is something who loves, his love goes on falling all around. You cannot channelize it. It is not such a thing. Rivers can be channelized. It is oceanic. It cannot be channelized. Attachment can be channelized, not love. When you throw a stone in the lake, it falls at a particular spot, that's okay. But then the love goes on spreading. When you fall in love, you fall at a particular spot, with a particular person. But that is only the beginning, not the end. Then love goes on spreading. Then the whole world is benefited. When there is a single person of love, the whole world is benefited. There will be a center where the stone fell, from where the waves will arise and go on to the very end. There will be a center, the beloved, the lover, but the love cannot be contained there. It is a growing thing. Nobody can contain it, so the lover becomes just the door, just the opening, and then the whole universe is benefited by it. But this poor nun was just like you, just a human mind working through human stupidities. 
she did not like the idea of her perfume straying to the other statues, and the other statues are also of Buddha. When I love a person, I find the divine there. Love reveals the divine in a person. Once it is revealed, all the statues of all the Buddhas, then everybody is divine. The tree is divine, the cloud is divine, the beggar on the street is divine, then everybody is divine. If love has happened and you have looked to the original face of a person, which is revealed only in love, then Buddhas everywhere are Buddhas, all the statues are Buddhas, and then the whole world has become a temple. But then you are not worried. Then you are not worried that your perfume is reaching somebody. You are not worried that your lover's perfume is reaching to somebody else. You will be happy that through you, the whole world is being benefited. Through you, the whole world is receiving the blessing. If you are afraid and you try to contain it, then it is possessiveness and it will kill. Don't try to contain it. Don't try to possess it. Allow it to grow. Help it grow. Help it to reach everyone. Only then will you receive it, because you can receive only when the world, when the whole world receives it. But this is the problem. Whenever you love a person, you want him to be contained, confined. It is as if you are confining a tree in a pot, not only the roots, but the whole tree. Then you will kill it. The tree has to move to the sky. It has to spread into the sky. Its flowers will give perfume to many. Its branches will give shadow to many. Many will be benefited by its fruits. Of course, the roots are contained in you, but the tree goes on growing, and love is the greatest tree possible. It can spread into the whole sky. It cannot be confined, cannot be contained. You cannot make it finite. The very nature of love is infinite. Quote, but not liking the idea of her perfume straying to the other statues, she devised a funnel through which the smoke would ascend to her statue only. Then what happened? It was bound to happen, quote, the blackened the nose, oh, this blackened the nose of the golden Buddha and made it especially ugly, end quote. This is happening to every lover and beloved because then the perfume is not perfume. It becomes just smoke perfume needs to spread. Then the nose is blackened and all the Buddhas now have black noses. Look at your Krishna, look at your Buddha, your Mahavira. All their noses are blackened because of you, your possessiveness. Your prayer is possessiveness. It is not real. Jains won't allow anybody to enter their temples because if you're not a Jain. Hindus won't allow the untouchables because you are not a higher caste. All the temples are blackened because they are possessed. My temple, the moment I assert my, it is no more a temple, because how can a temple be mine or yours? A temple is simply a temple. I was dragged once into court because I inaugurated a church. The church was closed at least for 20 years. The, worship, the worshippers of the church had moved. They were not in India. It was the possession of some English Christian sect. And there was nobody in the town, nobody even to take care of it. It was a beautiful church, but completely dilapidated. Then few, Christian, blah, then few Christians came to me and they said, We don't belong to that sect, but we don't have a church. So can you help us? You inaugurate this church. We will start worshiping. I said, okay. So they broke the lock. They cleaned the church. They cleaned blackened nose of the Christ. And I opened it for all. So I said, it is not a question to whom a church belongs. Those who wor worship theirs is the church. 
But within two, three months, it reached to the owners, the news. They appointed a lawyer. He dragged me to, to the court because, why you open this church? The magistrate asked me, why you open this church? It doesn't belong to these people. It is not their property. I told, a church cannot be anybody's property. Those who worship, it is theirs. A church is not a property. It is not a legal question at all. The magistrate said, don't lead us astray. We cannot go into philosophy. It is a legal question. A church is a legal question? Yes, it has become a legal question. A temple is a legal question? If a temple is a legal one, then it belongs to this world, not to that. So I said, okay, you can close it. If it is a legal question, you can close it. But remember well, this is how religion is killed, murdered. It is not a property at all, but all churches, all temples have become properties. They are mine or thine. Then Buddha's nose is blackened, and it made it especially ugly. All the temples, all the churches, churches have become ugly. They have to be really destroyed, cleaned, so the earth is clean, and the real temple can exist only then, when these temples disappear. They have become part of your market, of your legal court. They are not now any more symbols of the beyond. Mind is such a thing. It turns everything into a possession, because the ego can exist only if it possesses. And ego is the barrier. Ego is the water in which only reflections can be caught. Never the real can be known. Now drop this pail. Why wait for an accident? Drop this old pail and let the water flow. No water, no moon. Hmm. So that's what he has to say about that. It's a lot. I'm glad we can re-listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like he doesn't want anyone's spirituality to take away from anyone else's spirituality. Right? Mm-hmm. It's all within. Should I read the next story just to get minds thinking or did you stop it? I haven't stopped it yet. You want to you want to do it? Um Yeah, read the first read the next story. No, you know what? Let's leave it there. Okay. Let's leave it there. 